Welcome back, guys, to another episode of the Cinematic Podcast, the show where we take different movies every single week and find new ways to debate and rate them. I'm joined by a new host this week. Gone is Mr. Nathan Hanna, and he's been replaced by the slightly more tanned, I think, slightly older. I mean, not on camera. It looks still white. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna believe that you're slightly. Well, you should be more tanned after you spent that long in Cyprus. But we are joined by Mr. Nathan Sackle Hanna. Hello, yeah. sir. Hello, you're right. Yeah, how does that sound? Do you like it? I'm not quite used to it yet. Yeah, I can imagine it'll take a while. But yeah, it is what it is, isn't it? Yeah, a married man. I know. Just made an honest man out of you. I know. I feel like we should do a Lord of the Rings episode now. I, I, know, <laughs> how it, I know how it feels to be weighted down by a ring. Yeah, there's a lot of responsibility and burden on it. Yeah. <laughs> well, this, this week we're carrying on with our Halloween. Theme. This is actually the first time we've recorded in a while because, like we said, we recorded a few in advance uh, ahead of your wedding. Um, so this is the first time we've recorded in a while, but we're back with another Halloween-themed episode, and we've done slashes, we've done the haunted house possession, and now we're doing straight-up body horror with American Werewolf in London versus The Fly. First of all, had you seen either of these movies before? No, shockingly. Um... Uh, well, we've talked about it before, but I wasn't really a horror person. Um, and I'm bloody carrying like, yeah, my feet that keep making noise. Uh, that, um, I'm not really a horror person. I've missed out on quite a lot. Um, obviously seen a lot of clips of both of them and knew what both of them were, but never seen them in full. So it was really good. I enjoyed both of them. I enjoyed both Oh, so thumbs up this week. Yeah, this week we've actually got... Uh, oh, no, I like last week's. Yeah. Um, if... Was it Insidious versus oh no, yeah, Insidious versus yeah, Conjuring. In Conjuring, I gave straight tens all the way through, yeah. yeah very one sided, <laughs> uh, very one sided. Um, but I know, um, yeah, really enjoyed watching these two. Um, f- uh, finally, for the first time, definitely felt like I was I've missed something. So nice yeah. to nice to finally have that in my library of things to watch. Have watched, yeah, like you said, you're not obviously you haven't been a horror guy, so is this like the first real? example of that body horror you've watched because i mean they're both from the 80s so it's not like on today's standards of gory but because you can clearly tell it's special effects but is this the first time you've had that sort of experience with that sort of thing um i mean i've probably watched some things here and there the biggest obviously omission that we didn't do was the thing i've not seen that but you class that more as an alien film than a body horror so we we shied away from that one. That's the biggest omission. I've seen films like Splice and stuff like that that are a little bit more sci-fi, but nothing nothing to like these extent to the classics kind of thing. Yeah, well, we've got some good films though. These two are probably two of the best examples of body horror, I think. So it made sense to do them against each other. And um, we'll dive straight in then with this week's cinema showdown between American World of London and the thing and the Fly. And we'll start off by you talking about... We're not doing the thing. I almost said the thing. Do you know what my issue with the thing is? I couldn't do the thing because that's probably my second favourite horror film of all time. So it would yeah, just... Yeah. Nothing... It'd be so... It'd be like you with Conjuring last week. It'd be 10, 10, 10. Nothing compared, I don't think. Well, that's good to know that when I finally watch it, you'll be there. Yeah. Oh, I'll be watching it. Straight up. I will be watching it because I think it's one of the finest films, especially horror films, like, ever. I think yeah. it's fucking perfect. But enough about that masterpiece. We'll talk about these two bad boys instead. Um, so, yeah, we'll start with the stories for both movies, which they're not similar, but they kind of are in a sense, where American Werewolf of London is about two chaps 
two Americans that are just traveling through England and come across a werewolf in the Yorkshire Moors, which first straight up Yorkshire, I was like, Yorkshire boys, let's go. That's how you get me on. And um, they obviously come across that and one of them dies and the other, David, is attacked but survives and he eventually becomes a werewolf. And the whole film is about this build-up where he keeps seeing his dead friend. He's telling him, you're going to be a werewolf, you're going to be a werewolf. And eventually we see the big transformation as he's been taken to a hospital in London and somehow falls in love with a nurse there really, really quickly, like surprisingly wait, quickly. Wait till we get to love interest because I've yeah. got much to say about both films. <laughs> yeah, very, very quickly. Um, but yeah, the whole film is like the first half of it is like a build-up to the very first transformation. Then we see him wreaking havoc in London as the werewolf, just killing fucking anyone that he comes across and then dealing with that and then eventually doing it again. Like I'm surprised they did it twice. I think one would probably have been enough like to do it the one time, but they did it twice. And yeah, it's all about that transformation where the fly is very similar in that sense, where it's about a scientist who has created these two teleportation machines and accidentally fuses himself with a fly, which sounds quite ridiculous and like funny when you say it, but it's actually one of the most tragic stories I've ever seen. Like, I think it's fucking devastating. <laughs> like <laughs> it is so good. But yeah, that one, it's more like of a gradual burn where the transformation takes place across multiple like scenes and it's not one big um, like moment. It's like spread across the entire film and how he gradually loses his sanity and turns into this fucking monster. And I think they're both fantastic. I'll let you go first with the scores because I feel like I usually go first and you cry about it sometimes. So I would never cry about it. So I'll let you go first then. How did you, with the stories, how did you uh, score that? Which one did you prefer? Well, I already knew the stories because I've watched the two tree houses of horror. <laughs> the one where Ned Flanders turns into a werewolf and the yeah. one where Bart gets turned into a fly. Nah, I'm only joking. Um, I scored, well, I could have said, I've never seen either of them and I kind of knew the plots of both of them. Um, but there was things in them that, I had no idea about that really surprised me. Like I had no idea about the dead friend in American Werewolf. Somehow that's evaded me my whole life. And I was all of a sudden, I was, I was, well, I was expecting just a werewolf film and all of a sudden got this, he was able to communicate with the dead. Either that or he was going insane, one or, one or two. And so that really took me by surprise, that whole subplot of the dead talking to him. Um, and the same with the fly, like I knew, I thought it was, a single transformation that happened really really quickly i didn't realize it was a transformation that took place over months by the count of the film um neither did i know that he got her pregnant the scene where she uh, gives birth to the fucking lava is uh, is amazing um so it was really good to like again have that passing knowledge of these classics and then finally get the full picture but i went in favor of the fly 10-9 um in favor of the fly because I think that the story of uh, American Werewolf in London is very quick and circumstantial. Like it just happens really quick and things just kind of happen. Like in there's parts where I was like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't bring that guy home after what he's just been fucking talking about. Like he's literally just been talking about talking to his dead friend and that he's going to kill everybody and that he's a werewolf. You wouldn't fucking take him home. And then you wouldn't leave him in your house alone and then all that kind of is. And it's it's those kind of it's those kind of things that make me that pull me out of films sometimes. Um, whereas the fly, at least when he started going crazy, she was like, "What the fuck?" 
and like knew immediately there's that there's that great scene where like he obviously sleeps with the other woman and she comes in and she's like really distraught she's telling him how like fucked up he is and how much of a problem it is and really really good um it's just that for for me jeff goldblum's uh what's his name in the film I should know this. I wrote it down. Seth Brundle. That's it. That's it. Uh, Seth's like deterioration, not only like you say with the body, but with the mind as well. I think makes for it's executed better. It makes for a better film, um, and the performance is great. Like watching him think he's the perfect human because all of a sudden he's got all this strength and stamina, and he's got a lot of stamina. Uh, Christ, yeah. And then. You kind of you can start you start seeing where it's changing, and you know when he when you can see that he's looking at splicing himself with a human, and clearly it's going to fuck up. It's just so I think it's just so much better uh, telling of the story than than just bit by a werewolf, and then all of a sudden your life kind of falls into place until it's not. Yeah, I completely agree. I went ten nine in favor of the fly as well because also while the the turn in American Werewolf feels quite sudden. I also think outside of it, it's quite it's quite a drag of a film. Like there's a large portion of it where it's just kind of sat there in a bed and it's like, right, we're gonna do something now, apart from having a couple of nightmares. <laughs> like it's a really weird scene, like when he's watching telly and it like hangs on a hands on hangs on a, like a sexy advert for ages. And it's like, is that gonna come into play? It doesn't really. I mean, unless that's like a hint that it's gonna end in a porno fear. Like yeah, maybe really poorly placed, uh, paced. Yeah, it's um, I do think it is quite a very slow movie, apart from those transformation scenes. Whereas I think the fly just it seems to be moving at like a breakneck pace all the way through. Like the story is just it's constantly evolving, and I think because of that, I I love it. And like I don't want to step on the transformation, but the fact it's spread out like that, and we see him gradually lose his mind and like just deteriorate physically even almost in front of our eyes and like some of the scenes it's just fucking it's grotesque but like i said it's also just it feels like a like a tragedy like the man's undoing is himself and like this mistake and where he was and how bright he was and how it's it unravels to what he becomes at the end and it's it is a sad movie i think like on the surface it's gross but i honestly think it's like a really sad movie as well like it's heartbreaking i think watching it and like the end is genuinely like a really sad ending um i think it's brilliant I'm still going to swap flies whenever I see them, but uh, <laughs> yeah, and I think like the ending like highlights a little bit of what he was like at the beginning as well. Like when he first met her, like he brought her back to his apartment to show this world-changing technology. You know, it's world-changing because he said it about five times in the space of five minutes. Uh, it's going to change the world as we see it, or whatever he says, and um, and he shows it all, and he goes into depth and talks about it, and she gives her a demonstration, a sexy demonstration. And then he's like, no, no, you can't write about it. And then he gets like really defensive. And I think that kind of maybe the, the true character of Seth Grimble was always there and the fly accentuated it. And I think that's kind of interesting because you see how nice he can become. But I always like when watching it, I was like, this is a red flag character immediately because he was very much defensive of everything. Like you understood his motivations, but the way way he ran around it. So yeah, I think it was really interesting. Just it more like a character piece than a than a horror movie. Yeah, it's like when he says, there's a line later in the film when he says, I've been a fly 
pretending to be a human or something, and now they're daydreams based or something. Like yeah. there is he, the the transformation in large parts does bring out a side of him that was probably always there, like the arrogance and stuff when he's going out and he's arm wrestling that guy, which is fucking un- unbelievable scene by the way. Like it, I think it's a lot of it's always been there. Um, but yeah, I think compared to the story in American Werewolf, it's I don't think it's any contest really for me. We'll move on then to the beginning, the openings of both movies. The opening to American Wolf in London obviously hits a sweet spot for me because it's essentially just shots of Yorkshire with the the song Blue Moon playing, which I also fucking really like. I love that song so much. So that opening with the two hitchhikers just kind of like travelling through the malls and we see different shots eventually leading to them entering that pub, which the name I can't quite remember. The what, sorry? Slaughtered Lamb. Yeah, the bit of a worrying name for a place anyway. I'm not sure I'd seek that out for a drink. But yeah, those scenes in the in the North the Yorkshire Moors and stuff, and then with that song playing in the background, like it's fucking great. But again, it's quite a slow opening. It's like it's a lot of shots of them just like traveling. Whereas the fly one, it feels like it's very, very sudden. It's just it immediately opens with um Seth Brundle telling Veronica about his invention and eventually convincing her to come home with him, which is also really fucking stupid. Like, just met this guy, would not be going to his house alone. Um, and he immediately shows to the machines that he's just got, like, created, and we see it, like, in action immediately. So it's very, very, right, we're in. We know what's going, what's going on. We know what the machines can do. Like, it's very sudden. It wasted no time. But I think because it played one of the greatest songs of all time, and it's shot to Yorkshire, I went 10-9 in favour of American World for London for those reasons alone. Straight up, that was it. Only reason I needed. As soon as I saw the Yorkshire Moors, I was like, "Fucking here we go, boys! I'm in." Yeah, I uh, I agree. Not because of the Yorkshire. <laughs> in fact, if anything, that bit put me off. But I just think it had an an area an area tone to it. Like even if it is just them walking through the Yorkshire Moors and 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 whatever. It the, both films open with kind of like it's that. Like the film started, we're in. There's no self. There's no like preamble or anything like that. It's just, it's just we're just going. Um, and I do think that whilst the flies opening has like the technology stuff and the setting up the the invention, it's a little bit more, just a little bit more boring compared to even though, like I say, American Werewolf is just another standard opening. You've got the you've got the um, eeriness of the moors. You've got the introduction to these two characters who are a little bit. Of, Two little jokers, um, arrogant Americans. Um, and when I was thinking about the opening, I went all the way up to going in the pub as well, um, and like really, really enjoyed that that scene with everybody as they're coming in and then as they're talking and as they leave. My favorite, one of my favorite parts in the film, watching it, was when uh, they leave in the old tale. Can you hear the? Can you hear that? And the wolves hear it. And that guy goes, "Can't tell nothing." <laughs> yeah. Fucking brilliant! That guy is an absolute standout in the entire cast. Uh, I wish I could remember his name, but he's an absolute standout in that cast. And the way they all kind of like act, that you immediately know that they know something's going on. And the like, yeah, the slaughtered lamb is a fucking horrendous name for a pub, but it's one hundred percent a name for a pub that you would find in England, um, yeah. especially With people that drink in there like those those people. Yeah, um, 
Grace's biggest shock from the opening was uh, Guinness in the bottle. <laughs> yeah, that's a thing, strangely enough. Yeah. yeah. Also, yeah. I didn't even realise, I've watched this once before, but I forgot that Rick Mayall's just like yeah. there. In the background. Just random as hell. No lines, just sat there. Yeah, like it's strange. Funny. I do love when um, they ask about the star and that guy just like misses his shot and he turns you off the door. It's like, you made me miss. <laughs> it's like probably like... It's proper. They're like eerie themselves. It's like it's like there's something wrong with the community at that point, and yeah. it's obviously because they know what they know, and they're just prepared to let these Americans get fucked up because of it. Yeah, not their not their problem. No, you, exactly. I mean, you'd try a little bit harder. You'd say like you'd say like there's a murderer on the loose or something, just to try and save them. But, yeah. But yeah, I just think the tone and like the like, like I said that eeriness just helps it a bit more but again it's this it's those, both of those kind of films where it's like there's no like showing the wolf biting somebody or like there's no like shots of the fly before he becomes a fly it's just they're just straight in um and just start moving along so neither of them are super interesting but american Wolf has that has that tone to it that just you immediately go something's off yeah yeah, I agree. So we both went 10-9 there. We'll move on to the endings then, which are actually quite similar in a sense that they both meet very, very similar demises. Like we see in his, in David's second transformation as the werewolf, he again causes carnage in London and ends up in like Piccadilly Circus, just like fucking shit up. And he eventually gets cornered by the police in that alley. And his love interest, whose name escapes me, I think it's Nurse Davis maybe... Or yeah. no, Nurse Price. Nurse Price is the one. Um, when she finds him in the alley and she's trying to talk, try, trying to reason with him, even though he's a werewolf and it means and it does nothing, and he's eventually shot and killed by the police. And then we see his human corpse with the bullet holes in it. In comparison to the fly ending, where he is now like transformed because he's accidentally been fused with the tele the teleport this time. Also, he's like half fly, quarter human, like half machine somehow. And it's like, and he fought, and he turns the gun on himself, and he he's like, we out because he can't speak. He's like asking Veronica to shoot him, which is fucking devastating. And she doesn't want to do it, and then eventually does. And it's like, it's really sudden where she does it, and it's almost instantly the film ends. Like as soon as his life's over, that we're out. So they're both similar endings where they both meet sad demises. Um, so how did you score that? Um, yeah, both really similar, but. The fly is fucking sad. <laughs> the fly just yeah. like, oh shit, that broke me. Like, the, like you say, the bit where he kind of points, he grabs the gun and points it to his own head. And you say like he can't speak, but you can hear, like there's like a rumble in his voice and you can hear Jeff Goldblum in that. Either you can hear it or I wanted to hear it, so I heard it. But I'm 100% sure that there's, you can hear Seth uh, Grundle's original voice underneath the fly noises and it's just sad it's like i mean immediately like taken aback by the fact that the shotgun blast really fucks him up but um yeah that entire ending of um like he's out of control he can't do it like oh the bit where he fucking melts the guy's hand and hand and leg it's gross that fucking gross um but like as you know he becomes more and more determined and then fuses with the machine and realizes he can't like it's you can see the pain in this creature's face to the point where he decides to kill himself and then like it just ends like 
I want to know what the fuck's inside her stomach. Like, yeah, I'm not going to go watch the sequel because I've heard not great things. Um, I think the sequel is about her son as well, isn't it? Is it? I've, I've not seen it, but I'm pretty sure the sequel is about. Oh, the, if it is, maybe I'll watch it. If he's got that little fly, like little wings. Yeah, I'm not actually sure. I've never seen it because I've only heard bad things as well, but I'm pretty sure it's about their son. So she did eventually goes through all that and then she doesn't get rid of it, which is just stupid as fuck. Like, in, like the American Werewolf in London, um, it's okay, I guess. Like, I was watching, I was thinking, more people are dying from fucking car accidents than by this actual werewolf. Like, more people die from cars crashing into each other than the wolf actually kills. Yeah, um, when that bus runs that person over, I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I, didn't, I weren't expecting that one, to be honest. Um, no, that was dark. And then he just kind of runs into an alleyway and then gets shot after, you know, the, the nurse goes down and talks to him, Price goes down and talks to him. Um, and it, then it just kind of ends with, is it Blue Moon again that plays at the end? Yeah, it's funny because I think they play three different versions of Blue Moon and it's yeah. all like sang by different people. The end one's my favourite version. I fucking love that song. But it's just like a really, it's like a really whiplash of tone. Yeah. From the, like, this like, oh, he's, he died kind of thing to like, it's almost seems like swing music, like 50s yeah. dad. Yeah, <laughs> it just, it goes so upbeat with the end credits. It's really like, whoa. Just a strange ending. Yeah. Um, but there's no kind of real... I don't know, there's no real tragedy to to American Werewolf in London. It's he got bit, there's not a lot he could have done about it other than stay in the pub or stick to the roads. Um there's no like it's not his fault. He didn't do really do anything to stop himself or when he knew he didn't try like he could have killed himself and he didn't. Like, Especially after the first time. Yeah, you'd you'd kill yourself after the first time, yeah. Either that or you just own it. Um, yeah. Maybe he wanted to do it. I fucking know. Maybe, and then he just kind of goes on this rampage and and then dies. Whereas, like, they've got the whole tragedy around the fly of like the self hubris and wanting to like constantly be like he couldn't he couldn't let go of it, even though he knew he was deteriorating. He couldn't let go to the very end. Like instead of instead of just stopping or trying to seek help, he tried to find a way to fix it. But he, like. He must have known the well. He, he knew he would be. That we're talking about how we'd all be one family and one body. That'd be the perfect human. It's like he knows it. Like at that point, you know he's gone insane. So there's a, a tragedy yeah. there because he was such a likable character. Um, once you know, once he got past his red flag era, um, the the ending just just hits a lot more. Yeah, I agree. I think the the story and the end like i don't know what it is about david and we'll talk about main characters in a minute but the ending doesn't like it doesn't feel as big a, a loss whereas seth going through what he did and ending like that it feels like not i, I don't want to say because that sounds dark but it feels like it hits way harder and the fact that she has to do it and he asks her to do it it's not like He's like still trying to fight and he's evil until the end. At this point, he wants to die, which I think makes it so much like darker. Um, and the fact that Veronica has to be the one to do it instead of it just being these random police officers that were seen for the first time, I think it makes it so much more effective. If in American World for London, the nurse price, I think I've just literally remembered now, I think it was nurse price. If she had to be the one to kill him, I think it would have been, been much more impactful, but it was just some random police officers in an alley. And I think seeing his human body afterwards was a nice touch because it reminded us who was there 
and he wasn't always this monster. Like there were still parts of his life where he would be normal, whereas Seth was just a lost cause at this point. Um, but yeah, I think that ending is just it's tragic. It's it's devastating, I think. And even like the fucking the guy with the, the hand and the leg, considering it was like 40 years ago, like that is really well done. Like some of the special effects in that, which again I don't want to touch on, but like just the way it melts and stuff, it's like, how do you fucking do that? Like yeah, it's brilliant. Of, uh, immediately of uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark at the end. Yeah. Like, uh, it feels exactly the same. Like that yeah. grossness that you, you can kind of go, oh, some, they're obviously melting something, but I don't care. It looks fucking gross. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And it's different because they those guys died. He has to live with that like stump now. And like also his leg, I don't know what the hell was going on there. Like, how do you recover from that shit? It's just, it was wild. It was wild. Uh, but yeah, I agreed. I went 10 9 in favor of the fly because I think the ending was brilliant. I also um, like, the trans- like the full transformation, like he breaks out of the old face and the, like, not to get too much into the special effects in the transformation bit, but like he breaks out, like he fully sheds the old Seth. And like the yeah. moment where, like, you can see the old face kind of crumble away and the fly come through, fucking brilliant. Yeah, it's so it's so gross as well. It's fucking gross. Uh, we'll move on then from the main. Wait, that was the ending. So we'll move on to the main characters. Where we've got David Kester in American Werewolf on, in London, who is the American like hitchhiker who is attacked by a werewolf and eventually becomes one. Versus Seth Grundle, who is a scientist who creates these incredible like teleportation machines that backfires when he tries to use one and doesn't realise there's a fly that's, like, literally just landed in the other. Talk about fucking bad timing. Um, but, yeah, like... He's pissed up, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. And it's, like, it's about those guys and, and how David deals with it compared to Seth, who neither of them really want to believe the situation they're in at first. Like, even when David seen his best friend's ghost and he refuses to believe, like what he's saying about the fact he's going to become a werewolf. He's not buying it. He's not buying it. And even after, like, he goes on a rampage, wakes up in the zoo, he still somehow doesn't seem that worried. Like, he's quite upbeat. I was, it was weird as fuck. Um, and it's same with Seth. Seth was, I think, the difference is that was, it felt more naive. That was when Seth didn't believe he he was transforming. When um, Veronica told him, like, there's something wrong, something went wrong. I think that's more of an arrogance. He doesn't want to believe he failed. Like, he is convinced his machines have transformed him into a the perfect human being and stuff. And I think because of that, because the way it's framed, like their disbelief at first, and then Seth's eventual transformation into a, a lunatic, whereas David kind of retains that humanity whilst he's a human. I just think there's an added layer to Seth's character, which is why I went 10 9 in favor of Seth. I also think Jeff Goldblum, it's obviously not his first role but I think this must have been like the breakout one this must have been where people really took notice because I think he is exceptional I think the guy that played David whose name I can't even remember which says more about him than anything else because the character felt very two-dimensional there wasn't apart from when he transformed which was great acting then I felt the rest of it was very flat whereas Jeff Goldblum I thought was fucking brilliant like there's so many layers to that character and I think having to portray all these different per- versions of the personality as he gradually transforms and he's first like the sweet scientist, then he's cocky and arrogant and then he goes a bit deranged. And then at the end, he's even like towards the end, he's a bit more like um, sympathetic in his own situation again. And he realizes what's going on, like to do all those different personality traits in such a short time, I think was brilliant. Um, 
and I love Jeff Goldblum. I think he's, I think he fucking rocks. Like I love that guy so much. So I went ten nine. Uh, yeah, it's an easy uh, ten for Jeff Goldblum, but eight for David. Eight, eight, fucking ten eight. Couldn't stand. He was my least favorite person in the whole film. I couldn't stand him. He, like, I don't know what it is about him, but it's like that arrogance, which, like, he could do no wrong all the way through. It was like he, nothing he was doing was wrong. Like, even at the, even after, like, he'd kill people. Like you say, he woke up in the London London Zoo, ran around naked, and the, his first option was, his first thought was to, to like, get over a child. And that's, we're talking early 80s, BBC here. His first option was a child. Um, and then, you know, he, after that, it's still like, oh, we'll go back and it'll be fine. Um, none of it seemed to, I didn't feel like the, like the weight of him becoming a werewolf and like being able to speak to the dead and the fact they just killed loads of people was really there. Um, it just really felt non-existent and he just grated on me all the way through, like like more than any of the cast of Nightmare on Elm Street 3 did. That's how much I really disliked him. Yeah, because that's fucking Kincaid. David's got nothing on Kincaid. <laughs> <laughs> um, Little burnt face pussy. <laughs> he was... <laughs> I know he was—he just wasn't interested. And his friend Jack, yeah, Jack. Yeah, his friend Jack was way more interested in the character. I kind of wish even before the death, I think Jack was the the livelier personality. Like he was more interested even then, and a better actor in the in the long run. Um, You can see it as his as he's his transformations better than David's in in that he slowly becomes more and more dead, and the way he acts is so much better and. I, when we was watching it, I couldn't remember which one of them turned. So when mm. he was getting bored at the beginning, I thought it was going to be one of those, oh, we think he's dead, but really he turns out fine and then he turns out he's a werewolf. Um, but then it, when he was like, oh no, he's dead, I'm like, oh, we're stuck with this guy. He yeah. just wasn't interesting. Whereas, like I said, Jeff Goldblum, not only did he portray all these different personalities as he was deteriorating, but he was fucking Jeff Goldblum. He was sexy as fuck. Like, what more yeah. do you But... You, he's also he was also believable as a scientist because he's got that like well, he's got that way of speaking. Um, yeah. You kind of got that. You buy into that he's one of these indoorsy nerdy scientist types until he gets sexy, and then all of a sudden you believe he's very sexy. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, absolutely no competition. David was just fucking annoying and. Yeah. Like, like, even at the end, like when he's like, one of the better scenes with him in is when he's talking to his little sister. He's saying, "Tell mom and dad I love him and I love you." And even then, it was like I was like, "You could have put a bit more effort in," kind of thing. And when he's talking to the dead people in the porno theater, it's like he's just there's just nothing there. He's he's just sat there and he's just kind of he's just kind of boring. So yeah, I don't. Think I've disliked a main character. I'd have to go back and watch a couple of episodes. I don't think I've disliked a main character. If I can give a ten, can I give a ten seven? You can do a ten seven if you want. Do the first ever ten seven. If you want to do a ten seven, we can get a ten seven in here. Yeah, fuck it. Let's go ten because you really seven historic annoyed me that. And I'm going to say it. The worst fucking. Oh, shall I leave it for the love interest bit? No, I'm going to say it because it was him that fucking ruined it because she was hot. The worst fucking shower scene in the history of cinema. You fucking stood there. There was nothing sexy about that. Like oh, if I was, yeah. 
if I was in nineteen eighty one going to watch a film and I saw two people going in the shower and thinking, right, there's two things I need to okay, three things I need to see. Two of them are one thing and a bit of sex and stuff. Fucking just stood there. Like yeah. come on, man. Yeah, you got, got a shower. You got a new shower scene with uh, a straight up hottie, and you stood there not making any effort. What a fucking loser. Yeah, I think. The, oh, they are broken. I hate him. Ten seven. That's surprising. You always comment on my ten eight saying I'm brutal, and you've gone ten seven. That's the, yeah, that's the biggest discrepancy. Never, never ever. I didn't think I was going to do it, but you, you know, might have changed. You might have changed some things here. This might be the start of something with these. 10 sevens. <laughs> I'm open the door, you can't shut. It's when we found to do a film on like one. <laughs> 10 one. <laughs> I mean, I if just, we ever do Back to the Future versus anything again, I'm, I'm 10 one in now. Now that I know I can. <laughs> I mean, now that you know you can, you made the rules. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's fair. No, I just, I just didn't. It just, well, just wasn't interesting at, at all. And Everybody else around him was way more interesting. I'd much rather watch like the detectives. Uh, actually, I wait for the supporting cast, but I like I much rather watch other people. Yeah, other people's stories rather than his story because he really like there was nothing there in terms of like the tragedy of him turning into a werewolf for me. Yeah, and I think just like we said, the way he reacts to it all and how naive he is, like literally wakes up naked in a zoo and hears about all this stuff and he's like, "Nah, it's normal." Like, yeah. how do you wake yeah. up in a zoo and think and not, not remember your entire night and not think, oh, it was a full moon? Maybe that werewolf shit was real. Whereas, like, Jeff Goldblum, you had that moment where she came in and he was fucked up in the face and he was look, he looked like he, he looked like he'd had a good night by himself, covered in, uh, his shirt were covered in vomit. And yeah. definitely nothing else that didn't pop to mind. Um, <laughs> but, like, he was like, he goes to eat and he vomits all over the... Oof. All over the food, and then he, he, he like looks at it and he goes, "Oh, that's not normal." Like he's like say, "Oh yeah, that's, that's not normal, is it?" Yeah, I think he says that's disgusting. Yeah, that's one yeah. word for it. Yeah, Fucking hell! But it's 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 the look he gives us, if to say, like, "Yeah, that's disgusting. That's not normal. I've I've gone too far," kind of thing. And it's the look of disgust in her face as well. Um, just played so much better. The, the self, both the self awareness and lack of self awareness in how he's changing. He plays them both perfectly. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, him not believing feels much more in because it feels more like an arrogance type of thing. He doesn't want to believe something went wrong, whereas David's just a fucking idiot. <laughs> Agreed. So, yeah, we'll move on then because we touched on it a tiny bit then with the love interests in these movies because both guys are obviously going through these ridiculous situations, but they also meet a nice lady friend in the process. Which So there's every car's got a silver lining. Um <laughs> David somehow gets bit by a werewolf and is like in a hospital a bit nuts talking about how he's seen his dead friend and Nurse Price is like sign me the fuck up let's go I'm into this which we'll talk about more in a sec because wow Um, and then in The Fly we've got the journalist Veronica who's played by Gina Davis and she is tasked with writing a story on Seth's um, inventions at first and eventually falls for him and starts to play a more significant role in the development of the technology and like she's like filming and stuff. And then she obviously watches firsthand as things go terribly wrong and the deteriorating effect it has on him. Um, so I'll let you go first and share your thoughts on these two ladies. I mean, not to give away too much, but like you just were quite one-sided then. And I feel like I am on this sense as well. Is it one-sided? I, I couldn't tell. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, you would not fall in love with a fucking patient, no matter if he was American, if he was hot. Like, he wasn't even hot, but he was fucking, he was crazy. Like, talking about, he was talking about his dreams, talking about fucking that he's a werewolf, that he's talking to dead people. Dead fucking arrogant. Like, I don't know how you would fall for him, but, and she was very just, what was her name, Price? She was very just like, it felt like they needed a love interest. So they just kind of gone, well, no matter what, you will like this person and say that you love this person. And it, it just didn't feel believable in the slightest. It's almost like immediately, like she's feeding him and it's like, this isn't working at all. It's it's very, very quick. Um, like I say, I'm going to kill people. I'm a werewolf. All right, cool. You can stop with me. Yeah, it's like, talk about putting yourself at risk. And it's like, uh, and this is the bed. I've only got one. And like You literally just watched him talk about they're going to kill people and he's talking to dead people. And then it's like, goes in the shower. He just gets in with you. I'd be like, all right, mate. There's, there's, uh, you know, there's getting on with each other and then there's fucking moving fast. But again, like I said, fucking worst shower scene in the history of shower scenes that I've seen. <laughs> and I pay attention to a lot of them. Um, it's just fucking... And then even it like, as it goes on and she realises who he is and like he was telling the truth all along, which you definitely believe it quicker. Um I don't know, it just fell really, really flat. Whereas Gina Davis's what's her name? Veronica. Veronica. There's that it builds up over time. It's not just like a quick thing. I mean they do they do sleep together pretty quickly, but like it builds up over time. And she's also you've also got that that B plot of um her boss being her ex partner as well, who's obviously jealous and she's dealing with that at the same time but it's she's watching the tragedy of it happen and being an active like you said an active role in the story she's an active role in how the technology mixes uh, the technology works and you know it's her leaving for the night and him getting jealous is what led to the whole thing when she were it I mean we're not putting the blame on her because she had nothing like she did nothing wrong she literally just went home but um She's just such a stronger character all the way up until the end. Like I like I like the bits where she was like the story spent a little bit of time on her as well as Seth, where you know she's having nightmares about the the baby and she wants it out of her because she knows what Seth's become. Just such a such a stronger character. So I mean it's not I mean, I would give a 10 8, but I would have given a 10 7. So I'm not gonna do that again, but I'm gonna go 10 9 for obviously the fly because she's such a she feels like a she feels like a character that's been developed rather than oh we need love interest make the nurse the love interest that makes sense even though it didn't really yeah and I also feel like they portray her just as more like capable in her own profession as well like even when she's getting close to set she's still like recording the stuff and she's still making notes and she's still like bringing stuff to um her boss and like showing recordings of like what's going on like whereas. Nurse Price, whose first name I can't even remember, which says a lot about the character, just seems like a fucking idiot. Like, how do you fall in love with the guy who wakes up is like, I think I just saw my dead friend, and she's like, just come to mind then. So, so. <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense, none yeah. whatsoever. And even when he disappears for the night and comes back, she doesn't seem that alarmed either. 
when she's on the phone to the, the doctor and she's like, oh, he's here, he's here. And she's like giggling, like, motherfuckers has been missing for all these hours and he's shown up there. Like, be concerned. Yeah. Whereas Gina Davis, I think, was brilliant. And she, like, especially when it gets later on in the film and she has to, like, the, the scenes where she's, like, mortified by what she's seeing and disgusted, she, it's so well acted, I think. I think she does such a good job. And I think, I know... The both relationships are very sudden, but I feel like that one feels more genuine as well, because it's all it's it starts off sudden, but also when Seth gets infected, a lot of time does pass. Like I think they say at one point it's been like four weeks, yeah. and she says I've been trying to get in touch with you for like all this time. Whereas the other one takes place over like three days, and it's like they say they love each other, and it's like well, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. <laughs> like Jesus Christ! Yeah, so, I, get, I get like films, some films just like want a love interest, but I didn't think it needed it no I'd probably take the love interest out and have david constantly be tortured by his dead friend and it probably would have been a better film well i just like i said my my opinions obviously might uh might go against what i said at the beginning i did really like both films but like yeah it, american werewolf felt much more dated in the fact that it needs like it needs a love interest whereas the love interest in the fly is part of the story. It's it really helps build it and round it out rather than just an add-on. Yeah, yeah. And it feels like at first, when they do have that chemistry and they get together, it feels like you want them to succeed. And then knowing that the ultimate yeah. there's absolutely no chance, it's quite heartbreaking. Not even at the beginning, but at the end, I want him to I want I mean I, I knew it weren't gonna happen, but I, you did want it to go, you kind of want to go, now hopefully he fixes it. Hopefully yeah. something falls out and they can carry on because they were you know it, they were quite believable together it was nice yeah it's but a shame yeah. I also think Gina Davis was just fantastic as the character I think she did great acting like some of the scenes so I went 10-8 I pulled out a 10-8 because yeah I just feel like she was smarter like the, the, the nurse just felt a bit of an idiot like for falling for this guy that's clearly troubled and putting yourself in that sort of situation, knowing what you know, it just felt a bit weird. Whereas Gina Davis fell in love with him first before the stuff happened. So she was already in too deep and she stuck around because she cared. Whereas this woman got involved after and knew what she was getting involved with. So it just seems stupid to me. So yeah, I went 10-9 in favour of my girl Gina. What a performance. You said 10-8. That's what 10-8. I meant, 10-8. <laughs> I went 10-8 in favour of my girl Gina. Um, we move on then to the supporting cast, which for the fly is very basic. It's essentially Staffis, the boss slash ex, who's a bit of a sleazy bastard. Whereas in the uh, American World in London, there's actually quite a few different characters where, despite the fact Jack's killed off early, he's got like spirit slash corpse regularly shows up and interacts with David. And I think he was brilliant. And the way yeah. he gradually like decomposed in every time we, we saw him. Um which is very similar to Seth in the fly. Like every time we saw him he decomposed a little and I liked that character. And like you said, he was more interesting than David. So it would have been better served if we kept him around. And then there's the doctor who was investigating it all. I think he was called Dr. Kirsch. Um he was he was a great character and like the scenes when he went back to the Yorkshire Moors to investigate and stuff. Like he he always had a purpose and he was switched on, which I enjoyed. And then the entire fucking... Slaughtered lamb. Yeah, everyone in that pub, just fucking top-notch stuff. I loved it all. But yeah, because of that, I went 10-9 in favour of American Wolf in London because while 
the Flyers only got one supporting character who plays a large role, to be fair. He's also like a, a sleazy dickhead. So, like at the end, I wasn't too upset to see his hand get melted to fuck, which says a lot. Whereas I liked some of the supporting characters in American Werewolf in London. I liked Jack coming back and warning David. And there was obviously like a comedic element in combat. Like when he says he watched his own funeral and the girl he had a thing with ran into the arms of someone else. Like he's a, he was a funny character and yeah. that translated even when he was like dead. And the rest of the supporting cast were probably some of the highlights of that film as well. And I can't say the same for fucking... Staffis is creepy ass. Yeah, Staffis is like Walter Peck or the <coughs> sorry, what's the guy's name in Die Hard? It's like that typical 80s, yeah, just prick character. He's clearly written for you to hate, so you like the main characters more, yeah. Um, whereas, yeah, the, the supporting cast of um, American Werewolf just much more interest. Every single one of them, except for the, the two leads, much more interesting than, than the two leads. Like I was going to say earlier, like the, the two detectives, I would have preferred the story instead of the love story, the story be about those trying to, like us watching the werewolf transformation and that happening and those trying to figure it out. And like maybe like the disbelief of that something this supernatural could happen. Um, the entire cast of the slaughtered lamb in the slaughtered lamb, the fucking bar, the barmaid um, with all of her worry um, just to be ignored. Absolutely fantastic. I think unintentionally funny. Um, like the guy who's I can't remember his character's name or the actor's name, but he's he's in the later Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Um, like who has a bit of a conscience and tells the doctor um very cryptically what's going on. Like he was great too. And like I say, yeah, Jack, just a much better character. I would have preferred the film would just be those two, like him haunting him. Um and Everything. He's got. He had so much more personality in his scenes than uh, David did in the entire film. Also, in the supporting cast for American Werewolf in London, very briefly and very head scratchingly, for some reason, uh, Frank Oz, who comes in, yeah. does his does a does his fuzzy bear voice, which really took me out of the the film. You can close your eyes; it's just fuzzy bear, um, and then just walks out. And I'm like, why is he coming back? Because I want him fucking back. But you look on, it made me piss because if you look, I think it's in the, I can't remember if it's in the film credits, but it's definitely on the IMDb credits. Frank Oz, obviously, famously Yoda. That's my Star Wars reference for the episode. Um, but also voices Fozzie Bear and Miss Piggy. But they watch the Muppets in the film. Yeah. You know? So on IMDb, is credited as the Doctor and as Miss Piggy. <laughs> <laughs> but, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, but even in that little scene, like just just great and more interesting, and just a more like obviously there's more cast to American Werewolf, but the quality of the cast is better um, than like than any than any of the other surrounding characters in the fly. So yeah, an easy an easy ten nine to to American Werewolf in London. I think if you, any film where the supporting cast is better than the main characters is a uh, is a win. Yeah, yeah, that uh, doesn't happen often, but. It definitely does in that film. Yeah. Um, so both movies, like I said at the start, are built on the crux of this like transformation. Um, with that's why we, that's why we did these two films together because it felt fitting. Where American Werewolf of London is about David's transformation into the werewolf, which is a very very famous scene. I'd seen it even before watching the movie. Like I knew all about that. Whereas The Fly is also about Seth 
its transformation into this grotesque monster. So I thought it'd be best to do them against each other. And that's why we've got this category, which is the best transformation. Um, so how did you go with that? Really hard because both are really, really good and both are quite different. Like one's obviously instantaneous and the other's dragged out over the entire film. Not dragged out, but you know what I mean? Like course out of the, over the entirety of the film. But I went um, 10-9 in favour of American Werewolf in this, in this one just because the transformation in the fly is amazing and I love it. It's got a lot of, um, you know, a lot of special effects in there and how it all comes about. It's got the, it's got story elements to his transformation as well, like the tragedy of it all, like we've talked about quite a bit already and, and a sadness to it. Um, which I really, really loved. Um, but even though it's older and a little goofier, the, the transformation for American Werewolf just looks amazing. Like when his uh, snout extends, like I, I don't know, I really want to go back and watch it again and watch some documents because I don't know how they fucking did that. It's probably really easy and I'm just being stupid. Um, but it just looked amazing. And I think we're going to probably talk about it in Legacy as well. I'll probably end up repeating myself, but I think it set the standard for what a werewolf transformation should be. Um, it really, really... Whereas we've seen, and will continue to see, and probably have seen before, um, the fly where it's a gradual transformation and we see that deterioration of character. I think that instantaneous pain that he's going through and the the special effects of like his legs and his hands growing, which does look a bit dated, but still looks really, really good. I think set, like set the standard for what a werewolf transformation should look like in later movies um, for any genre, uh, which made me think as we were watching it, we should have done, uh, we, was, we was thinking about um, categories for episodes for Halloween. We should have done, we wanted to do vampires versus werewolves at one point, didn't we? We should have done underworld versus twilight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that been, I'm sure they translate very similarly. Um, but the, yeah, I think the werewolf, like like the werewolf transformation scene, done really, really well for how old it. Now, I say how old it is. The fly's 1986, and the American Werewolf in London is 1981, and American Werewolf in London feels like a 1974 film. <laughs> like, yeah, it looks older. Like, yeah, um, it definitely feels and looks older. But yeah, just. I think that definitely set the standards and that's why I went 10-9 in favour of American Werewolf in this, in this, even though I really, oh, I can't do a 10. No, I'm not going to do a 10 time. I'm going to stick to my guns. A 10, because even though the flies is, is really good, um, the, the actual, because we're going to talk about special effects in a different category, the actual transformation itself, rather than the look, like how it, the end result, like I think the transformation is so much better in American Werewolf. Well, I think this is the first time we've disagreed in this episode because I went 10-9 in favour of The Fly. I think, the to be fair, the American Werewolf in London transformation is iconic. And like you said, it kind of did set a standard for werewolf transformations. And he genuinely looked like he was in agony. Although I think that the first, like, 10 seconds before he starts to physically change, where he just stood there and he kind of just drops, he's like, oh, no, like, that feels so fucking weird to it. Like, it feels like really like yeah. over the top no to be fair that you're right in that one he goes i'm so hot and then rips his t-shirt off yeah like, until he actually changes hot, i'll just take my t-shirt off yeah he thought he was hulk hogan he was just like tearing that shit up um <laughs> but yeah that scene 
is iconic. And like I said, I'd seen it before and it is a really good uh, way to do it. And it's like, like we said, set a standard and the special effects for the time are so impressive. But I like the gradual transformation that Seth goes through. I like that it's played out across like the second half of the movie. And I like that seemingly every single time we see him, we know we were wondering how he's going to look this time. And I don't know if you noticed, but every time she goes, we don't see him for a couple of seconds. And it's like building that up. Like she, she'll see him. And then he's like revealed. It's like, we're waiting uh, to see yeah, what's yeah. happened to him now because it's like, it starts off really gradually, but then every time she sees him, he's just like, it's something is just fucking going wrong. And it's, it's interesting. Like the amount of different designs they had to come up with for him instead of just the one like monster, like they had to come up with all these different, looks for him it must have taken Jeff Goldblum so fucking long to get into all these different like prosthetics and stuff but I like that I like that the transformation wasn't a one like it wasn't one scene it was just it was really it was it felt more it felt like he was suffering more as a result because it wasn't just done and then he was that and he was fine it was just like dragging out and things were going wrong each time like when his ear just fell off or yeah. when he was peeling his fingernails off like yeah. that is grim yeah that is fucking grim or his teeth coming out like some of it is so gross but it's so effective at the same time so i went 10-9 in favor of that because i love the longer approach to it that they took if they'd have done it where he went in with a fly and then the next day he went for this painful thing and became it immediately i don't think the film would have been as iconic as it was i think um when he opens when he's got the teeth and he he's talking about how they're they're a relic of a bygone age, and he, he goes to put them with all his old body parts. That's one reason I would prefer to turn into a werewolf than a fly, is I don't want to have to put my dick in a jar and stick it in me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. Like, it's so gross. <laughs> so fucking gross. But even, like, it starts off with the smallest thing, like that cut on his back, the little yeah. things start pick, sticking out, and that's yeah, when you're like, oh, shit. Really good. I just think the, I, I don't know, it's just something about the... It, I've talked about it before. Um, there's just like more of a charm to it. And I don't know if that's just me being a bit biased to just kind of that that that, that type of special effect. Um, but I don't know, I just I just prefer it more, though which we're gonna talk about next. The special effects on when we talk about the special effects on both of them, I know who the winner there is. So <laughs> we might as well do it then. Let's go straight into it. The special effects, um fly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's no fucking, it's no competition whatsoever for me. A little, I think, little competition with one character, but everything else is better in the fly. So much yeah, better. I think the issue with American Werewolf in London is when he is actually the werewolf, it doesn't look great. Like the bit when the man's on the London Underground, he's on the escalator, and you see it coming up at the bottom. It seems so like computer generated, like that section. Oh, really? Yeah. I, that's the only bit that I was like, that's the only part of the film where I was like, well, that's actually a little horrifying. But the rest of it, I've like. We had this conversation with Alien when we did the Alien episode. It's like man in suit, clearly man in suit, or a puppet um, being, you know, operated. Jim Henson, is it? I bet it would probably be Jim Henson company doing some. Probably. Um, but the bit where he's like going up the elevator and he kind of like walks out, I thought that shot, I could have done more of that kind of creepiness. Like, I didn't, maybe if we saw less of the wolf in those like eerie shots, it would have been better. But yeah. The actual look of the wolves is not great. Also, like the fucking Nazi. I would have I would watch a film of the Nazi monsters. That were great. 
but they all look like Halloween masks. Like you just buy from fucking Asda, uh, <laughs> and then somebody put a helmet on him. The genuinely the best special effect in the entire film is Jack, who seems to have got the most love in the entire film. Like that, the bit when he's talking, he's got the fucking ripped face and there's a little bit of skin dangling. Which Dan told me the story of a story about how the actor, like uh, he was at some kind of convention. He was like, um, the thing that annoys him is that he put this great performance in, and all anybody ever wants to talk about or, or anybody ever looks at is a little bit of skin that's dangling off his cheek, which agreed because that's all I could look at. But you could see like all of his neck, like for some reason, like all of his special effects and makeup looked really, really good and everything else looked shocking. Yeah. Whereas in The Fly, everything looks fucking like when he's pulling his fingernails off like you can tell it's a prosthetic but it just looks so good and like the end with the final creature and when he breaks the guy's hand back with it in an arm wrestle looks fantastic yeah i i agree i i think the stuff with jack and the way every time we see him he's like come his corpse is like decomposing even more i think a lot of that is really well done but like even when we see like the victims they they just look like they've put a bit of fake blood on them and that's about it. Like they don't look that great. Whereas the stuff in the fly all looks brilliant. Like the stuff with Staffus's hand and his leg when it like the acid burns it. Or like you said, the man in the arm wrestle when he's born says, Oh, that it it like uh, it made me shiver because that looks like I'm not gonna say real because of the way it's made and it's clearly an effect, but like just the bone sticking out, like it just looks fucking gross. Yeah. And all the stuff that we've obviously talked about the transformation with Seth, like all the special effects they use there on him, especially like towards the end when he gets fused with like the machine, he's like crawling as the fly. It's fucking so good. Yeah. And even the creepy fly mutant baby thing looks disgusting. Yeah. yeah. And the inside out baboon. Yeah, that all was that was bad. Yeah. yeah, that that was really well done. Absolutely. Was- like like we said before, like when he's when he's vomiting on his food, like it's clearly just a mouthful of stuff, but in like that dropping out, what just looks so good. Yeah. And one thing that did blow my I was like, oh, I know how it's fucking working. He's like when he's walking on when he's climbing on the walls, I'm like, that's just a set, it's on its side. We put the camera on its side, blah blah blah. And then he goes to the corner and then just carries on walking. I'm like, well, now I don't know how that fucking happened. Like, how did the fuck did they do that? And it's really, really good. And then he obviously walks on the scene. I'm like, right, well, obviously that's just again, camera's upside down. And then he kind of climbs up onto something or drops down on something. I'm like, how the fuck? Like, yeah, that, ah, so good. Yeah, they do a brilliant job with the special effects and that. That's like I know we obviously talk about all the CGI and stuff nowadays, but like that's the sort of stuff that I wish they'd do more of in movies. Like they really focus on stuff like that because some of it obviously has has aged not great because it is the eighties. But I'd rather see stuff like that now than because if CGI looks fake, then it just feels terrible. But if you have that stuff, you can appreciate the effort they've put in, even if it doesn't look a hundred percent real. And some of it just looks brilliant. Like all the makeup on Seth is just fantastic. When we watched The Fly, uh, Grace didn't want to because she knew about the finger fingernails part, but she covered her eyes for that bit. Um, you know what they're like. Uh, it the... makes me cringe, that. Well, fingernails coming out is one of the... Well, have you ever cut your fingernail too short? Carl, right now I've got a massive ingrown toenail that I'm constantly having to cut out. It's That's horrible. Disgusting. I had this thing when I was younger, and yeah. I cut one of my toenails too short, 
and it ended up getting me toe infected. And I had like a red line after a few days. There's like a red line leading from my toe, like halfway up my leg. That's not good. One, like, it was like a red, like someone had got a red pen and drawn a line under my skin. And I sent a picture to my mum, who, who was a nurse, and she showed it to a doctor. And they were like, no, get to the hospital now because that's like the infection tracking through your blood. You, if you don't get sore, you'll lose your leg. So like even anything with nails and stuff, I'm like, oh God. And that yeah. scene where he peels them off, I think it's so disgusting. Um, but what was I going to say? Yeah, we watched The Fly, and then like, last night, we because since watching The Conjuring, we wanted to watch the other, so we watched Conjuring 2 the other day, and that still holds up. Well, then we was watching The Conjuring 3 last night, and there's a bit where like they're running, she runs to the cliff before she like she stops herself, but then Ed like jumps to grab her, and it's quite clearly green screen. It looks like they're in a completely different it. And I was thinking to myself, like, how have I just watched a film from 1986 that still holds up more than a film that was released like two years ago? Yeah. Like, it's like you're saying, we need, that's what we need more of. I, I wish people would do more of that too, because it, CGI ages really, really quickly and your eye can pick up on it, but there's nothing, even, <coughs> sorry, even the CGI, the very, very small piece of CGI in the thing, when the teleporter's happening. In the fly. What did I just say? The thing. You did what I did earlier. I'm glad we didn't do the fly versus the thing. Fuck you know. Uh, <laughs> in the fly. Like, even the very, very small piece of CGI in the fly, like, when the teleportation machine works um, and it lights up and you've got that hand-drawn electricity and a little bit of a sparkle effect, still, like, still holds up. You don't look at it and go, that looks shit. It, you, it's just just one of them effects your brain just kind of goes, yeah, that okay. Yeah. Just, yeah, so much better. The, the, the use of... Uh, special effects in the fly just top notch like i can see why it's finally now i can see why it's a classic and love so much yeah yeah i think it's brilliant and they do the, the work that must have gone into creating that stuff it's i can't help but appreciate it um so yeah did you go 10 down as well then i think did we both got yeah. 10 down on that yeah, yeah. yeah. i didn't even yeah. I didn't, well i didn't say a school but quite clearly 10 yeah down. Uh, we'll move on then to the music in both films this is very very different because the fly doesn't really use much music other than it's very ominous like score which yeah. is always quite dark and um deep and it that always managed to set the tone quite well on what you're watching whereas american werewolf in london uses quite a few songs in its soundtrack which feel like a real contrast to what you're actually watching i don't know if you noticed this but there's only really three songs used um i mean they use blue moon three times but then they use two other songs and every song they use has the word moon in its title which I think Bad Moon, is... Bad Moon Rising, which is one a one of the best songs anyway. Yeah. I remember, see, I know that more for Step Brothers than anything else. Oh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's a great one. There's another one, I can't remember the name. Um, I'll get it up. I've made a note of it on my phone. Oh, Moon Dance. All right. So there's, there's the three songs. There's obviously three different versions of Blue Moon. Um and yeah, they, I don't. I, it was just something I noticed yesterday. And I was like, oh, every single song's got moon in the title. It feels like such a random choice. Um, but well, yeah, I don't a random choice. I think it's a very purposeful choice. <laughs> like, like who makes a movie is like right because he's a werewolf. We're going to have songs that only that have moon in the title. Like, why would you? Why does that matter? Could have had Moon River. That would yeah. be a, a really strange choice for like the love, the really bad shower scene. I'm not going to be able to get over that one. <laughs> Yeah, but um, speaking on that then, how did you score that? I mean, it was an easy 10-9 for American Werewolf just because it's got Bad Moon Rising in it. Um, yeah. One of the best songs ever. And I knew, I 
as soon as it came on, like I obviously completely blanked. I wasn't going into this film going, oh, I expect this song to be in this film. But as soon as it started playing, I was like, of course. Uh, This is probably where it got famous from. Of course, it's in this film. Immediate smile on my face. Where, like you said, there's not really any music in the flight. The the soundtrack is, the score is really ominous. And it's got that like really 80s feel to it, which I do love. Like I really loved it. Um, But not enough to uh, to say I loved it more than Bad Moon Rising. So um, yeah, 10-9, really easy. Yeah, I was the same. I thought it was easy. I also went 10-9 in favour of American Werewolf because like I said, I fucking love Blue Moon. Getting three different versions of Blue Moon was a treat. Getting Bad Moon Rising was also a treat because I like that song. I've obviously said I knew it from Step Brothers. So when I listened to it, I was like, oh yeah, because it also plays at the very beginning, right? No, it's Blue Moon still. Why did I... Why did I hear it before I watched it? Because <laughs> then it played again, and was I was like, "Oh, again. no, I haven't watched. I, I haven't watched that in a while. I need to rewatch that. It's one of my favorite comedies." But yeah, I, I don't. I, I, feel, I heard it very, very recently before I watched it. Maybe I watched it on Amazon, and it came. No, that, I'll tell you what it was. I have the DVD. I watched the DVD, and it's on the menu page. That song uh, they played about me rising on the menu. Of course it is. Of course, that's where they got me. <laughs> That's where they got me. But yeah, I love that. And I love the whole, that the, the entire soundtrack is, they only went with songs with Moon in the Tower. I think it's cheesy as hell, but it's fun. Um, and I do think the Fly score is very effective, but you can't beat, like, the, the way the songs, like, are a stark contrast to what's happening on screen, I think works quite well for it. So I, I went 10-9 in favour of American Werewolf in London for that as well. I mean, I don't agree with the final song choice, like cutting to credit, it's, it's being like a 50s diner music, but it is a banger, so I'll let it off. It is, it's a fucking absolute banger. It's on my Spotify playlist, that song. I love <laughs> it so much. Um, so we'll move on to the last category, then. We like to, we always like to leave this one to one of the very last every week, and that's the legacy. So how both films have held up over the years, their reputations now. Um, so I'll go first on this one and I'll cut straight to the chase and say that I went 10-9 in favour of American Werewolf in London because while I think for me the fly has aged better in my own personal taste I think the reputation around both American Werewolf in London is still regarded as like the pinnacle werewolf movie I think whereas a lot of people have kind of underrated the fly over the years and while I think it's like a breakout performance for Jeff Goldblum I don't think many modern day audiences even associate that film with him now he's obviously moved on to different things from there whereas we don't even know the name of the guy that did American Werewolf in London but that movie but like we said it set the tone for any werewolf transformation so anytime in any movie there is one I, I imagine they always take inspiration from that movie and it will always draw like parallels to it so I think in that sense it has aged better in the eyes of most fans and it's hard to say that because I think The Fly I think is better but as a legacy and as a whole I, I, I went in favour of American Werewolf yeah I think you're not wrong like if the category was which holds up better which might be better for when we do like might be a good category for when we do older films like which holds up, which holds up more The Fly definitely holds up more um, I don't think like I, I watched American Werewolf through the lens of, I tried to watch it through the lens of like a product of its time rather than a modern film, which obviously you can't really watch it as a modern film. But um, yeah, The Fly definitely holds up more. But I think the, the, you, you're right. Even though both do have Treehouse of Horror episodes dedicated to them, which is how I usually base my legacy scoring. Um, 
like I said earlier, American Werewolf, it do, it has set like the standard of what a werewolf transformation scene should be. I don't think the rest of the film around it is as strong as people make it out to be. I think it's one of those cult following films rather than like a bona fide classic. Um, I genuinely think the legacy is all built around that one scene. Um, but yeah, 100% agree. Like if it wasn't for that, if if the transformation looked poor, then I think this film would have been forgotten. Um, but the fly, we've seen quite a like, there's a few different, like it's a, it's a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde story really. And this, you know, we've got quite a few of them um, in all different genres. Um, so that kind of can easily get mixed in that. Like you say, Jeff Goldblum is definitely not more, most famous for the fly. He's definitely more famous for his, uh, his betrayal as uh, Dr. Ian Malcolm, the sexiest motherfucker alive. Um, Whereas, yeah, American Werewolf, like you said, like we've got that. I think literally the entire legacy is based off of one scene. And that's how, I think that's how powerful that scene is, that you can build that entire legacy off of that. Whereas, like you say, the flies just kind of gets mixed in the weeds with all this other stuff. Yeah, it is interesting. Like I said, that scene is regularly included in like the list of like the best horror scenes of all time, which I think also helps its cause. But yeah, I think... Maybe we should do in future how we think it's held up because I think we'd have both gone for the fly yeah. uh, otherwise here because that the special effects included, the characters, I think it just it works so much better than American Werewolf in London does now. And like you said, that film actually feels older than it is. Like the, I don't know if it's because it's in England and the shots of London feel old. Yeah. But it feels like, like you said, it does feel like it's in the 70s and not the 80s. It feel, yeah, it's got like kind of... When you, I know it's early, like 1981, so it's only just in the 80s. When you think of 80s movies, you don't you think of things like The Fly and Back to the Future and Goonies and all that kind of stuff. It's got a different feel to it. Whereas mm. the American Werewolf felt definitely like it felt more like the filming style and pacing of like Jaws, yeah. Uh, which you know we watched together. And while amazing film, still like I, I said after, it still feels like a bit like it's got that slow pacing of the older films do have. Um, it it wasn't tightened up. Or maybe it was just before that, um, but it definitely feels like a seventies movie rather than an eighties movie. Um, it definitely feels a lot older, but but yeah, that that transformation scene still still holds up hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. But that's that's it then. The end of the showdown. I've got the results here. Is that quickest episode yet? It's my. I know. Yeah. Done. We're making, working at a light break, uh, neck break speed here. Going in. Before I reveal the scores, neck did you have a favourite? Need brain neck speed. Not neck did break. Did I say neck break? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gonna break me neck. Um, yeah, did you have a favourite going in that you wanted that you thought would come out on top or not? Because you said you liked both these films. No, I did like, but yeah, I did like both these films. But I did think that Fly would win, um, yeah. just because the special effects, the performance of the lead character, like the likability of the lead characters. The overall kind of story progression of that we've repeated it loads. Maybe maybe this week's keyword word of the day is tragedy. Um, yeah, or transformation. Or transformation, um, because like that that degradation of his mind throughout the film. Like I, I just think he played a lot better. I did really, really like. 
obviously it's a very different film it's age but i did actually for all the stuff i've said about the the characters i did really really like american werewolf in london just just felt really dated and i just didn't think it could i didn't imagine it could be the fly so if it has been the fly now which <laughs> i'll be surprised if it has given my the fact that i threw out a 10-7 yeah i'm guessing the fly won well it's interesting because you give you scored a 10-7 and i scored a 10-8 so you'd think this is a landslide but it, the score is actually fairly close. It was 191 to the fly and 186 to American World from London. So there was only five yeah. like points in it, which is surprising because that those two one-sided scores kind of I thought they I thought it'd be a landslide when we gave them, but towards the end it started to creep back up and it won a few categories towards the end for both of us. So yeah, it, it was a lot closer than I expected. But the winner is the fly, which we weren't too surprised at because we both definitely favour that film, I think it's safe to say. But they were good. I enjoyed that. Yeah. I, I like doing that. I can't believe I've gone through the whole episode. I like, I'm like. i going to say it now. I like The Fly. I thought it was buzzing. <laughs> yeah, that's surprising I've used that, Joe. I actually was waiting until when you were talking about the um, the bit at the end when you were talking about the movies and you were saying what you liked about them, I was like, is this the opportunity for him to say phenomenal? And you didn't. No. No, I feel like I need to reserve them for the for the for the five star films. Yeah, yeah, that that's fair. But yeah, that was a good one. I enjoyed that. So, thanks for listening, guys. You can find. Is this the last Halloween? Well, well, oh yeah, it might be. So what what we got? Two weeks left. No, no. Let me check. I've, I've no, there'll be one start, week. There'll be one week. I've decided to start writing all the episode numbers down because, uh, as we know, I sometimes put out Instagram posts with the wrong episode number on it. Yeah, yeah. I think there's one week after this. Oh yeah, this is next week is our last week of Halloween. Yeah. And, uh, oh, we got. I can't wait for next week. Yeah, that's going to be a good episode. That that's going to be an interesting one. Yeah. Like we usually come into these things where we we've watched films that we haven't watched too often, and it's like a bit of a it's a bit interesting to see what we actually think, but we both know exactly what we think about this. this yeah, this is, this is, we're doing a franchise soon, but we have both spent a lot of time watching and we love more. I'll say it more than any other horror franchise. So it is the franchise that made me want to start watching more horrors. Yeah. It's the franchise that I've said, I've said before, like I wasn't really a horror person, I think the only the biggest horror that I've watched before me and Grace got together was it. I really love that, but that had more of a Stranger Things feel, so it didn't really feel like a horror for me. And then when I watched the film we're doing next week, that was when I was like, "Yeah, I'd like to watch more." And it's, yeah, that's what's that's what started it. Even though I've I have found more and more, I don't think I like horror as much as I say I do. No. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of them where you're just not into it. I saw you watch that new one on. Amazon Prime. Oh, totally killer. Totally killer. And you didn't like that, did you? Fucking horrendous. I didn't mind it. I can't lie. I didn't mind it. I do think a lot of it felt like it was written by a child at times. Like certain stuff, it was like, oh, you're going to tell anyone you're building a time machine? Like who just talks about it like it's just a normal thing? Like a 16 year old. Oh, yeah. For for this science, I built a time machine. Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. That shit was bad. But I didn't mind like the, I didn't mind it as much as I think you fucking hated it. I think my, I think what I, I was thinking about it because I, after that review, I got some shit, and uh, I was like, maybe it's a certain franchise. Because like I love the Conjuring, like absolutely love the Conjuring franchise, 
like even the shitty spin-offs like i absolutely i can watch them for days and i think I, I think something really just has to speak to me for me to like it because i didn't like um freddy three yeah that's blasphemous I think we made that very clear. Um, I don't know. Maybe this. Maybe the sillier the horror. Maybe this. The the more I dislike it. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't think I'll be watching Killer Clowns from Outer Space anytime soon. So yeah, I've watched that. That's fucking weird. Is it good? Um, not really. <laughs> not really. There is that one team where it's very like. You don't, they don't say it on screen, but when you actually think about what must have happened for it to happen, it's quite horrifying. Like, there's a bit where a guy's used as a puppet, like a human being is used, like some alien clowns talking while holding and using him. Something you think to actually think what's going on for that to happen is fucking horrifying. <laughs> but other than that, it's pretty maybe I, maybe I should watch it. Yeah, other than that, it's pretty pants, but <laughs> I ticked, I got it. I, it was one of those that I ticked off last year and I was going through my horrors, but it, it's fine. Yeah, like we were looking for films to watch, and Grace was like listing off. Should we watch this? I'm like, no, no, sounds shit. Like, I didn't even know what the film was about. It was just the title. I'm like, no, sounds shit. No, let's just put the Conjuring three on. <laughs> you should watch oh. The Descent. The Descent. I've heard it's really good. Fucking terrifying. Well, maybe, maybe I'll watch that one then before the end of October. That one is terrifying. It's definitely worth watching if you can find it somewhere. Yeah, but I don't think I can deal with the fact that no matter what, if I put my opinions on Letterboxd or on Facebook, I know people are going to come and attack me. And by people, I mean you. <laughs> hey, I don't say shit. What did I comment on? Bullshit. I come back from I come back from my holiday and saw uh, you and somebody, Dan, talking about how your co-host has terrible opinions. I was like, well, this <laughs> happened five days ago. I can't comment on it now. <laughs> Dan brought it up. I just agreed. Fucking bullshit. <laughs> uh, well, next week will be fun. At least that's a franchise you enjoy. We know you'll get uh, yeah, a yeah. Well, I think we're gonna. It's a franchise we both love, but I think we're gonna have some interesting development, different, different opinions. Yeah, but we'll leave that uh, for you guys to wait on, and you'll learn more throughout the week as Nathan does his little fucking lovely. Reveals on social media. Have you got one plan for that? Do you know what you're going to do? I've got a few ideas. Have you? Because that'd yeah. be fun. I think I enjoy that more than most viewers, just seeing what shit you come out with. <laughs> Sometimes they're really easy, and then other times I'm like, is this too hard? I can't, there was that Harry Potter one I sent you with the, the WB logo. I was like, is this too hard? He was like, no, people are immediately going to know what it is. Yeah, that one was a, that one was a good one. Um, but yeah, that brings us this episode to an end then guys uh we hope you enjoyed it and if you did and you are watching on youtube please feel free to like the video and subscribe to the channel and if you'd rather not see us who are sorry and if you didn't fuck off yeah and uh, (laughs) if you have had enough of looking at us because we know this is quite get gets a lot after a while it's a lot to take in and then feel free to head over to the audio only versions of the show which are on the different podcast platforms like apple um apple podcast and spotify and samsung podcast and apple uh, amazon music all that jazz where you'll find us on there at the cinemax podcast and feel free to subscribe on there instead um vice versa if you're listening and would rather look at these faces and you're wondering what sort of faces are behind these voices then feel free we're all over youtube you get to take a good look at us everywhere 
We're on this one yeah. channel on YouTube. Specifically, we're on the Cinematch Podcast channel. Yeah. We're all um, over YouTube if you look on one very specific channel. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, if you want to find us anywhere else, you can find me on X in brackets, formerly known as Twitter, which is what I've been writing articles these days because I think that's what people are doing now. Um, at Callum Altimus, where I tweet about wrestling, football and movies, of course. And I'll be putting out some shit on there about Killers of the Flower Moon later this week. Yeah, it comes out a day after this drops and I'm fucking hyped as hell. I am yeah, so yeah, excited. These previews, so you could be watching it right now. Oh, true, true. But I've actually got work, so I won't be. I'll be writing two till 10 on Thursday, unfortunately. So I will not be at the preview. I'm waiting for the Friday and I can't wait. Um, but I'm also on Letterboxd where I'm still sharing plenty of Halloween themed movies. But I'm also going through some Disney movies because I don't know if I've told you this, but off like really short notice, my family have decided to go to Disney World in Florida next year. Oh, nice. So my mum messaged me and was like, We found these flights, we're booking tonight. Are you in? So I booked a couple of flights um to go there so i've been making my way through a lot of disney movies um how they don't quiz you when you get there you don't have to answer a quiz it's not like uh you can you can only like you're only allowed through the gates if you know who moana's dad's name that's what you think but have you been to disney world florida no i have i wish you've got to pass the test otherwise you get turned away at customs pal that's how it works i swear to god if you build a lightsaber for me i'm gonna fucking kick off well, i'm not gonna be fucking spending a load of dollar on that shite no, i will be going to galaxy's edge though and i can't wait well expect a shopping list <laughs> yeah i'm gonna be making the most of that because there's that there's all the new rides like rise of the resistance and stuff which look fucking sick <laughs> so yeah i'll be doing that and i'll be sure to take plenty of pictures for you don't worry thank you John. But also, where can we find you? No shit, yeah. Uh, X artist formerly known as Twitter on <laughs> nay h underscore two or four. I can never remember. It's down here. Though I, I can you change your username? I should probably change that to nay s h nay. Yeah, you can. I think. Uh, so I should probably change that. Um, Star- Ahsoka's over. I've got nothing. I've got no Star Wars till the end of the year, so I'm probably. Gonna- I've got nothing then. I've got nothing I've got left. No- I've got that got Ian Beale meme. I've got nothing left. Life's over. Um, <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I'm currently looking at what I want to do. I'm, I kind of want to get back into writing a little bit as well. So I might start putting a few more shorter reviews out on there. Um, if other than that, I'm trying now that the wedding's <laughs> over and I've got nothing to stress about other than my job and I can start watching a few more films. So Letterboxd will hopefully be a little bit more popular. It at Nate on well, just Nate on four on Letterboxd where I give my opinions that nobody Controversial ever- opinions. Yeah, they're controversial or they're just terrible in your opinion. <laughs> Very true. But what I will say, your job is probably a little less stressful now that you don't have to work around my ridiculous schedule. You don't That's have to deal true. with that anymore. That's or, one way gone. I don't have to work with you. <laughs> yeah, well, you'd miss that. Everyone yeah, misses well, that. Well, like you said, you was like, uh, I'm leaving. Uh, it's not like you're not going to see me. I'll like, fucking see you every week. <laughs> yeah. You're going to see me more than anyone else. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But yeah, well, that brings this episode to an end then. I can't wait to do next week's already. I think that's going to be a top top episode to do. And we look forward to sharing that with you guys. And hopefully you enjoyed this and we'll be tuning in. Because I think that has probably got the potential to be our best episode yet, in my opinion. I don't know. I, don't want to set the bar too high. Don't want to set it too high. I think the MCU's still rated the highest. The Fast and the Furious is, I, I went on uh, the YouTube page the other day and sorted it by most views, and the Fast and the Furious one's the highest one now. Yeah. 
Yeah, which um, is wild, really. But maybe I should wear a vest more often. But yeah, maybe that's what did it. Vest. Maybe I should put that on the thumbnail. Cal, I've told you, you can't watch the videos on repeat. <laughs> maybe I'll just put the thumbnail of you in a vest, even if it's just a clip from an old one just to entice people in, and then you're just wearing your skeleton shit. This <laughs> is Halloween, skeleton gear stays on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening, then, guys, and we shall see you next week. Peace out. I hate it.